but it's good staying alive you know staying stimulated uh, uh, i don't know uh, 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 staying alive Staying alive, uh, dang it. Uh, 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 staying alive, staying alive. Okay. Um. You're listening to Marketing Major with Alex and Mo, a podcast by students for people who are curious about marketing. Janae, what'd you do today? Um, I just worked and, um, online shopped. Um, yes, I'm, I think get ready I, for summer. What's, what's the agenda with the online shopping? <laughs> so I really want like a midi dress that's like knit with like a rib knit. Um, uh, but Apparently, because I saw one at Work Hall, but apparently, like, no one else sells them. And Work Hall sold out in my size. And literally no one else in the world sells these dresses. Like, I can't find anything like it at all. Like, I've been searching for literally hours. I searched for, like, three hours on Sunday. And then, like, again yesterday. And again for, like, an hour today. And I can't find anything that even remotely mimics what I want so I've just become obsessed with it and I think it's because I'm extremely stressed and this is my coping mechanism to just be like obsessively searching for this one clothing item um so that's you know, my story <laughs> I get frustrated with how boring men's fashion is and like mm-hmm. men's clothing because it's just like the one shape you know it's like short sleeves or long sleeves. Make your pick. <laughs> there's like two. There's like two stores. Like yeah. Pick one. There's like two stores as well, so it kind of gets boring after a while. There's like, where's the flavor, you know? Mm-hmm. But then, but then, I think about what it's like to have a lot of options and to have like a very specific <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah. And just how difficult it must be to a find something and then b actually obtain it because like you found this one very particular thing mm-hmm. and now you're like yes I'm attached to this this is gonna be great and it's just impossible yeah meanwhile if you can't find a t-shirt you know here you're gonna find that place b for guys so there you go yeah but sometimes I'm envious sometimes not really <laughs> is the point just want more options I want more more variation mm-hmm. you know I just like I I also like I also use shopping as a coping mechanism for stress. And then yeah. I don't really get that satisfaction or that that like you know when when you go to to relieve some stress like looking around is not the fun part. It's like no. buying it's pressing purchase or or checkout and now you get yep. to wait for it to come and and then you know you the fun part of just like ignoring the financial outcome of you making that purchase. And it's just like, it's a whole thing. And <laughs> when you don't get to it, almost, it almost increases my stress and it makes me a little more frustrated. Mm-hmm. You guys don't like browsing for things. You, you prefer just purchasing them. I do. I do also like that, like Pinterest, you know, that's also fun um, and window shopping and stuff. But I, I agree with Mo, like the, the really like satisfying part is absolutely like taking either taking the thing home or like the anticipation of it arriving in the mail. <laughs> absolutely. 
See, um, for me, that's a little bit stressful because that's where things can go wrong. <laughs> you're browsing, you're having a great time. You're like, that could work. That could work. That could work. Mm-hmm. Once you click purchase, now it's got to work, you know, like <laughs> yeah. everything's on the line. Everything. <laughs> that's part of the fun. It's the excitement. It's the anticipation. And then you put it on and it works. And then it's just like this eureka moment, you know? Yeah. It's true um, though. It, if it doesn't work, then it is upsetting. So, so this dress that you, that you're looking for, mm-hmm. um, you said you can't find anywhere. So, is there just like a a shortage of brands that make it? Because as far as like, what's what's the issue here? I I honestly don't in? know. Hmm. I don't know. Like, I I thought that it was readily available, and then. Um, just like in the process, I found like one alternative from this brand that's like an Australian brand and I'm going to have to pay like $50 in duties and taxes to get it here. Um, but I, that's like, and then I'm like, oh no, like, is it not in style? Like, is it not trendy? But then I'm like, well, if it's not trendy, that means that it's cooler because not a lot of people have it. So like, yeah, that's kind of my Actually- thing. So I'm in, I'm in consumer behavior right now, which means I have to do a lot of like the, the marketing research questions, you know, mm-hmm. that like, they like make you come up with a smoothie and they're like, do you feel furious? And I'm like, no, <laughs> do you feel overjoyed? And I'm like, no, but they always ask these questions about like, how much do you consider what other people are wearing? Is it like, mm. if your friends start wearing it, do you not think it's cool? And I'm like, I just think whatever I think is cool is cool. I don't know. Maybe I just don't think about it that much. But how do you guys feel? Do you guys gravitate towards trendy, towards not trendy? What's that balance? I I try not to be pretentious <laughs> to preface this. <laughs> um, but I feel like there's... Okay. Well, okay. I have two points. I think that um, there's like a, there are people that I admire, like, especially like particularly on Instagram, like influencers that I really like, or um, like, uh, just like cool people that whose style kind of speaks to my style and my interests. So um, I generally try to follow them and kind of um, base my like style on that. But um that said those people usually aren't like super like (laughs) they're not not mainstream (laughs) yes without saying the word um (laughs) but on the other hand my second point is like I feel like I went to Vancouver a couple years ago and everyone there was dressed incredibly And then I realized that that Vancouver style is like a couple years ahead of Edmonton style. So things that you'll see people wearing in Vancouver are going to be trendy in Edmonton uh, like a couple years later. Like my number one example is Bluntstones because like a few years ago, no one was wearing Bluntstones in Edmonton or a couple people were. And now everyone has them. But like a few years or like now I don't even know if people wear them in Vancouver anymore because the style is just like moved on but <laughs> yeah interesting let, I've never let been me, to Vancouver so I had no idea mm-hmm. let me ask you this though Janae because I also went to Vancouver recently um did you find that you were dressing better when you were there 
Oh yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, too. Yeah. I was like, I was, I was putting together like better outfits and I came back and I just like, couldn't get that mojo back. Yes. And I couldn't. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what it is. So you're it's, telling this... me that if you're stylish in Edmonton, you're just like bang average in Vancouver. <laughs> Below average. <laughs> Below. Damn. It's, 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 it's competitive out there. It's, it's yeah. Honestly. Sure. Big the other thing, sure. you like come back as well with like the outfits you have been wearing in Vancouver and like just like no one's wearing it in Edmonton. So you also feel like self-conscious because you're like, are people going to think I'm weird even though I'm like dressing super cool but no one else gets it so yeah what is it tough. is it like is it different stores is it because it's warmer so people just have more opportunity to style out like what what are what's what's missing where can i get these cool clothes <laughs> so i think it's a few it's things emergency. i think it's a few things i think um retail is just a bigger industry there so there's a lot more like larger stores more flagship stores more mm-hmm. more um like a larger selection of items um in stores and also i think it's just like a culture thing i think over there you know vancouver is kind of just or bc in general i just kind of known as kind of trendsetter is kind of like an alternative lifestyle so like they 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 kind of push the boundaries more and then they try to kind of experiment more when it comes to style and and culture we in Edmonton are very conservative. Just play it safe, you know. That's true. Some a nice pair of jeans <laughs> and a shirt, maybe some yep. boots, and and you're good to go. You know. I recently bought a pair of jeans, and it's all I've been wearing. I'm in, <laughs> I'm in love with them. Uh, uh, yeah, so I also feel I, like it's I just like that. an urban center, you know. Yeah. Like there's mm-hmm. just more. There's more of a downtown presence. There's like more going on there's just more people in general like it's a bigger scene you just feel more alive when you're there it's weird and and that permeates into everything like the food the the the, like the retail industry the style of everybody and just like the hustle and bustle of downtown i don't know what it is it's just the city itself is more alive even the architecture there was like a little more inspiring than what you see here a little more modern and yeah, that's, like that's why I I I I hate that I don't hate it. It's a strong word, but that joke when everyone kind of teases people for like wanting to move there or people who vacation in BC like all the time. People like tease them like, oh, everybody in Edmonton just wants to go to Kelowna. I'm like, yeah, I mean, there's there's there are valid reasons. Like it's it's a <laughs> it's objectively a better city and a better province to live in. So like, why wouldn't we want to go live there? Yeah. Yep. expensive though like super expensive. true just just be rich and you'll be fine it's not that complicated um <laughs> just be rich it's that easy i just want to say hello welcome to the new episode of of the marketing major podcast today we've got a bit of a different pace a different setup to the episode. There's no guests today. Who needs guests? Uh, it's just it's just your favorite podcasting team, uh, three of us, Mojane and myself. We're just gonna be hanging out. We'll t- we'll talk some marketing topics. We'll get into some some stuff. I don't know. Share some opinions. Talk about things. And uh, yeah, we're just uh, we're just having a relaxed time here halfway through the semester. Um. 
because because life is life is busy. Yeah. And we need and a little bit of <sighs> no, they'll be back soon. They'll be back oh, yeah. soon. Just yeah, we got we got some hot ones for lined this up. This one for you. didn't line up. Yeah, and you we, know what? We, I'm I'm kind of excited to to do something new. So why not? Me as well. Um, first topic that I wanted to kind of get into today. Um movie trailers. How do we how do we feel about movie trailers? Do you like them? Do you hate them? Do you pay attention to them at all? I just because I think like sometimes they really make a movie, sometimes they really damage a movie. And recently I can't say I even watch them that often. So I'm yeah. just curious to see what either of you think about movie trailers. Because obviously that's marketing. Yeah. I mean, okay, well, first of all, let's get this out of the way. Um in the theater, yes. 100% love them. I don't want to miss them because just the hype. I I love it. Um and you know, like I'm not I'm not the person that's like rolling in to see the movie like after the trailers are finishing. Like that's not me. No. Um, who's, who's playing it that close? Time out. Uh, I don't I I'm sure there are people that do it. It's, it's not me, but like yeah, no. <laughs> Do you guys stay after the movie's over for like the little nuggets at the end sometimes? Oh, of course. Yeah. Okay. Alex, you have to, you're, you're a huge, you're, you're what they call a um, cinephile, right? Am I using that word correctly? A cinephile? Um, Pretentious, I think is the word you're looking for. Right. Right. (laughs) No, I say I stick around. Uh, I also stick around. I I like to stick around for credits as well. Just as a side note, I don't know. Mm. I feel like it's just respectful. I'm like, there's a lot of people that work on things. I, (laughs) it's a thing I've recently developed. I don't know. It's a new thing. I like that. Never. I can never read that fast. They go so fast. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. No, I can't read all of them. But I'm just like, hmm. They worked hard to get their name here. But uh, yeah. No, and movie trailers for sure. And I think that's when they're the most exciting. But I also can't say that like. A lot of movies, I'd be like, "Oh, that looks fun," and then I won't. Yeah, look true. into it again. Mm-hmm. But that's also because my faith in movies that get into the movie theater, like my faith in new movies, is not like this one's got to be good for sure. Like it's a very limited <laughs> amount of movies that I truly trust are gonna be good. Mm-hmm. But I just I, for for me, I think like I it's weird because I haven't really thought about movie trailers a lot and. While trying to answer your question, I think there's only two situations where I do opt in to watch the trailer. I think one is if I actually don't know anything about the movie. Like there's been times where I've been, I want, I just wanted to go to the theater. I didn't really care about what movie we were watching. I just kind of wanted to go just like, just hang out with some friends or just get out of the house. So if I know nothing about any of the movies, I'm like, let me watch so I can make a good decision and which one I want to watch. Or if it's like, um, if it's like a series that like I'm a I'm a big fan of, I'm like then like when Spider Man drops mm-hmm. a new movie, like I want to watch mm-hmm. the new trailer, you know, mm-hmm. um, or you know what back when Batman was dropping movies regularly in in that series, like ooh yeah, absolutely watching the trailer just to see like the new Batsuit and the Batmobile and you know what what the what the Joker is gonna look like or whatever. So I think it's even um when I'm on two sides of to extremes of the spectrum i know nothing or i, I know everything about this then i want to learn more or i want to like try to catch some some hints of what's coming up but anywhere in the middle no i don't think i'll watch it it's not really something i i care about that much because i got i guess i can agree because there's a movie coming out in june called in the heights which is like one of my favorite musicals 
and they're come they were supposed to come out with a movie last year released a trailer then delayed it because theaters were closed so they delayed it from last june to this june released a new trailer with like different tidbits so i'm like all over this like i'm eating it up because i love it and it's my favorite and i just cannot wait but then there's the other side too of like sometimes a specific example that comes to mind uh, suicide squad suicide squad is the kind of movie that just needed to be left at the trailer because the trailer is an incredible piece of work. I remember being so excited for this movie and then the movie came out and we were just like, gah, yeah. trailer was better. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just yeah. like, that's kind of unfortunate. That's kind mm-hmm. of unfortunate that trailers have that power to just like completely alter your, like skew your, your perception. So I, I honestly st- kind of subconsciously stay away from them, but sometimes they can really ruin it. Or like, I think in a James Bond movie, what was the, the most recent one? Uh, Skyfall? Was it Skyfall? Set, no, no. It's the one after mm. Ske- Skepter, something like that. Mm. They like announced, like, they like showed the twist that who the villain was or something. And people what? are like, that's the kind of stuff you leave <laughs> for the movie. Oh, no. And so I'm just like, I just feel like trailers are an error. They're kind of off the rails recently. I don't, I can't trust them anymore. They got a lot going on. Sometimes they show a lot. Sometimes they don't. It, it seems like it's a lot of like spectacle mm. versus like actually putting something together that's going to convince me to, mm-hmm. to like commit to a movie. Mm. I will say though, like the other thing, if you are like, okay, it's just an, normal night you're like i want to watch a movie tonight but you don't have i don't know you don't have a basis of like what you want to watch like i don't know if this is a problem for you guys maybe not but i kind of like get into (laughs) get into this place netflix came around yes it's impossible to pick a movie yes exactly exactly which i feel like that feeling of not feeling able to commit to a movie because you're like, oh, like, what if it's not that good? Like, I don't know. I feel like that feeling is definitely exacerbated if you can't watch a trailer beforehand. You're like, I don't know. Like, the description it could, like, it doesn't really give you very much. Like, the movie could be good. It could be bad. You're kind of trying to go off of the reviews, but, like, who do you trust? I don't know about you guys, but I'm definitely more privy to Rotten Tomatoes personally. But... Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's just without a trailer. If that's not accessible for you, that's also not good. It's actually very interesting because I'm I'm trying to think about this, you know, in in a marketing context because this is trailer. If we, if we boil it down, it's it's an advertising. It's an advertisement, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, it's just an ad. Straight up. Um, and and the movie's the product, and in other products, it's different because you just see the product. You know what the product is. Mm-hmm. I think movies is the one of the only times where you don't know what the product is until you consume it. Which is very interesting. Um, haven't really thought about that before, but you know, it's it's you know, as we're consumers and and we're we're going through what we call like the purchase decision, where you do your research and you try to look around for cues or certain anything to to I guess strengthen your confidence that it's gonna make it's gonna be a good purchase if you go watch this movie or you press play because you're also not only spending the money, um, you're also dedicating one to two and a half hours at times of your day so like Mm -hmm. it's a a big purchase and just like ads i I just i think a lot of times we tend to not believe any information if it's coming from the source of the seller like that's why you say like you like to go to ron tomatoes because it's other people telling you if it's good or not it's not the actual Mm. directors or the producers or 
whoever the case, uh, whoever the, the actual source is. So right. maybe maybe we just don't we don't trust them because obviously they're gonna tell us it's a good movie. <laughs> like they're not gonna be like, I mean, we give it a shot. It's not the best, but like go <laughs> give it a shot and and let us know what you think of it. Like we they're mean gonna something. Should, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it ain't <laughs> and, great, but it's something. <laughs> and and obviously they're gonna put all the most exciting parts in in the trailer. So then you go to watch the movie and you're like, wah, wah, wah. like <laughs> nothing, nothing's new here. I saw all the I saw all the fun parts already. Or like you see the twist right, or you cool. see the ending. Yeah. So so let me pose this question. Do you think? And Alex, you're the movie expert, so maybe you you oh, you have no, do you not have put this pressure on me. No, it's it's not any sort of pressure. I'm looking for an opinion from both of you. Um, do you think that movies or the experience of movie watching would be better if trailers just didn't exist, or would it be or would it be worse? Would we have worse time consuming movies, um, or as Alex likes to refer to them, um, films? Um, would you <laughs> have a better up, dude? <laughs> would you <laughs> would you have a better I, or I worse honestly... time? I honestly feel like it would be better in my opinion. I don't, mm. I, at this point, I don't really know necessarily what they add that, a, that just like a regular synopsis wouldn't mm. because again, like you say, like they're kind of like an advertisement and advertisements like to present the product. Right. right? But so it's, that's but, the but, same but, as but like a text he, ad versus a video ad. A video ad is always going to be no, better. But, no, no. But it's different because <laughs> you're not actually explaining what the movie is. Mm. Like you're trying to convince people to consume the movie without giving anything away. Meanwhile, an ad that's, that's supposed to be informative. A lot of them are just like, again, yeah. spectacles at this point. But mm. a, a, an ad that's supposed to convince you to use the product is going to show you the product. It's going to kind of can like it's going to show you what the product is about you ultimately as a consumer you probably want to learn more about a product before you buy a product mm -hmm. and i feel like it doesn't do and do enough like i think a synopsis is a much it, it it can be less misleading because it's a lot simpler it'll be like two to three sentences you'll read what it's about and you're like oh that's kind of interesting um meanwhile the trailer what it will rely on is to show you the most exciting moments it'll put things way out of sequence to like create new sequences which is fun but it also gives you just a sometimes a very different idea of what a movie actually is right that's true at least yeah. that's how i personally feel i think there is value to them i think when you're in a theater or when you're on like i definitely had those cineplex scrolls where i'm just like looking and i'm like okay i'm just gonna watch five trailers back to back and figure out what's what's my vibe today but i i think like the amount of TV spots that happen and everything like that. Like, I don't know if that ends up adding as much value as me Googling the movie and then reading the three sentences about what it's about. Mm. I can't remember the last time a trailer has convinced me to watch a movie. That's interesting. Personally. But yeah. I, feel, I feel like a, just a synopsis just doesn't, you know, doesn't itch that scratch for me like it's still yeah I, I i still i still feel like i'm i'm taking too big of a risk to go spend two hours and watch this movie if all i know about it is a synopsis so yeah I, fe I feel like we we need a perfect middle ground something between the synopsis and the trailer to, mm. to convince me to go and hear me out this i might just read right now i did that's idea <laughs> two seconds ago Maybe innovating innovating <laughs> I, no no hear me out i might be revolutionizing the trailer game and the cinema industry as as a whole if it already exists oops and if somebody ends up doing this i want my money um so hear me out instead of a trailer 
showing us what is happening in the movie, flip the camera, and I want to see people's reactions watching this movie. Ah. People sitting there either shocked or crying or laughing, and I'm like, I want to feel like that because why do we consume movies? They, they take us to a different world. They make us feel maybe new emotions. They take us to an emotional roller coaster. Mm. We don't go because, I mean, some people are just curious about the storyline. Um, but at the end of the day, like, I think it's it's a movie watching, and correct me if I'm wrong, Alex is not paying attention. He's on his phone. Um, no, I'm, I'm looking <laughs> at what movie synopses look I'm like. I'm kidding. Because I think I have <laughs> a different idea. But, <laughs> but what they are. M- Purchasing a movie or watching a movie is like a, it, it, I think it's an emotional purchase. I think it's a, it's a very emotional decision you're mm-hmm. making. So like if we're focusing on those emotions, maybe a trailer that shows us the reactions or like little snippets of people watching it, you know, little cuts to people watching it. That might be like, like, like imagine you're watching something and like, you know, like this is near the end of the movie and you see the person just sobbing watching it. You're like, what the <laughs> fuck happened at the end of the movie? <laughs> like, I need to go see what happens because it's yeah. crazy. They do this. We- they do this for horror movies. Um, Sometimes. Like the scare. The scares, or like, the yeah, 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 yeah. Or they'll like, they'll even build it into the trailer or maybe it's like an older thing that people used to do, but it just shows people like being like in the theaters being like, oh my God. And like throwing their popcorn and like things like that. Like definitely like emphasizing like the jump scares and like the like scary moments. But I do think that, that it would be interesting to see that applied to like, other genres where it's like an emotional or like a different kind of emotional experience like I guess but what can you really show like in a person like you can show people crying that would entice them but what else can you show like how can you show that something's heartwarming or like Mm -hmm. exciting other than like people smiling or like I, I guess that's my question. That is tough. I was just thinking, my thought was something completely different about like the old school trailers, you know, where it's a little less like making a whole other movie of its own in two <laughs> minutes and more like Tom Hanks is Forrest Gump and a heartwarming tale about, you know, yes, yeah. In Show a world some moments, where... you get a vibe, you get a vibe of like what the scenes look like, what it's going to be. But it's not like making a whole new sequence, but it's and then it's kind of given that synopsis vibe, too, of like a heartwarming tale about (laughs) blah, blah, blah. You see a little bit, you hear a little bit about it, and it's not taking you to the start, to the end, and then all over the middle of the movie at the same time. Mm -hmm. I I miss I miss some of those older trailers, you know, like like when you put a DVD in when you're a kid and it's like Mm -hmm. there's like 100 Disney trailers. Yeah, those are great. (laughs) (laughs) But at the end of the day, trailers are fun. They're a whole like art form of their own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just it's just figuring out a way to I'm I'm pro trailer. I'm pro trailer. Yeah. 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 Final answer, Mo, are you pro or anti trailer? I'm a centrist. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> worst of them all. <laughs> <laughs> Truly the worst of them all. Um I, I don't I can't say with conviction that I'm anti-trailer. So I guess Neither I guess I, I guess I'll just be pro-trailer. <laughs> but I I, I I I would say this. I do think they could be improved and I think they should 
I think they will change. Obviously, everything changes over time. Curious to see like how trailers change, probably with with movies itself changing. But I do think they could be improved. Mm-hmm. I agree. Absolutely. Absolutely. I definitely agree. Yeah. I, I also can't say with conviction that I'm anti-trailer because I do still watch trailers from time to time. But yeah. I just know mm-hmm. that I used mm-hmm. to watch them a lot more than I have. And so I was like, that's why I wanted to bring it up. Because I'm like, why do I not? Um, Ryan Reynolds is somebody who has started an ad agency recently. And it seems like everything he touched just turns to gold. Just like quite simply, he obviously owns a couple of his own companies, right? He owns like the gin company, Aviation Gin, and then Mint Mobile. Um, And he also, I just recently realized that the ads that he makes is actually through an ad agency and everybody just loves them. And I wanted to bring it up because it's a bit of an interesting, it's a bit of an interesting thing. I didn't like, for me, I'm like, of course, whatever Ryan Reynolds makes, people are going to be obsessed with. (laughs) But like Entrepreneur Magazine recently um, put out an article and they're like, he's amazing. This is everything he does goes viral. (laughs) And I was like, welcome to the internet. <laughs> so I'm just looking at the article here. And they're I'll, kind I'll, of... I'll, I'll throw the link to the, the actual website of that agency in the chat if you want to go take a look at it. Yeah. Because um, um, I was kind of like browsing the other day. And a lot of things that I didn't know he did himself are on here. It's, it's pretty wild. Um, mm. But of course, he's a hilarious, charismatic guy. Of course, everything he makes is good. Like, it's... and guess where he lives? Vancouver. Vancouver. Boom, baby. Not a coincidence. <laughs> Not a coincidence. I just like so. I I spent a, a good amount of time just binge watching kind of everything, or like a lot of the stuff that that he's made. Mm-hmm. And it it seems like it seems like it just makes sense, honestly, but I think mm-hmm. it's because a lot of the stuff isn't directed towards television. Mm. Like, I don't think, I think one of the key things is like, it's not really a television ad, like mm-hmm. any of his videos really minus maybe some of those movie trailers. Right. That he's made, but I feel like a lot of them are kind of like slower paced. They're, they're not convincing you with all their might you to watch them because i feel like that's what tv ads are a lot of like please don't mute me and go pee right now <laughs> watch this you know <laughs> but i don't he, he did a whole interview with with entrepreneur magazine and he's basically like pushing this whole thing about like storytelling and versus versus spectacle creation which is kind of what we we touched on in, in the movie trailer discussion too but i'm like is that not an obvious thing <laughs> Like, I thought, I think we talk about storytelling so much. Yeah. Like, is that really the X factor again? <laughs> it's true. I mean, storytelling is a buzzword for sure. And everyone's like, yeah, just like we have like to what's, what's effective, what's new now with storytelling, but it's not easy to storytell, you know, if, and, and, and do well and still be funny and still sell the product and still, you know, convert from, from just being funny and telling a story. So it, it takes a certain, I don't know if it's a genius, but like it's, it's, it takes a certain skill to hit all those points and still sell. A lot of people are do the funny and people laugh and don't buy what they're selling. So then people are like, Hey, fine. Storytelling doesn't work. And 
because he's an actor and he's a producer and he's directing movies, like he's a good storyteller. So I'm wondering, are we going to see a shift now from like ad agencies controlling the ad space or like the actual creatives and the artists themselves taking it into their own hands to sell their own stuff because they're going to be better at it? Mm. You know, like what if other actors and other artists start following suit and opening their own agencies where they promote their own movies? And let's say like with... Um, with um, Ryan Reynolds, like he signed some um, some uh, sponsorship deals, or like with I think Mint Mobile, and and so what if like let's say instead he of he owns it, he owns Mint Mobile, he owns Mint Mobile. Oh yeah, God, yeah, he's he killing owns the game, Gym and he owns Mint Mobile. He's killing and the game. He, I, that's the part I knew, and I didn't know he had an ad agency. I thought he was just doing huh. all this for shits uh-huh. with his own companies. So, but he recently did an ad with Match.com. Right. So, so now this changes a lot because he's kind of changing <laughs> the whole business model where not only is he the owner of, of these brands, he doesn't have to pay anybody for the, for the marketing of it. It's all done just, he just by does himself. Because yeah. there's, there's other actors who are going into the entrepreneurship space and opening their own brands or starting their own brands, and they don't do this. They have to pay another ad agency to do it for them. But he's doing it all himself. This is really, really cool. And I mean, I think half of why it works is because he's Ryan Reynolds. Mm-hmm. I think if if ad agencies are like, okay, let's try to stick to this more skit style ad or, or whatever, and they try to just be funny because that's what Ryan Reynolds does. I don't know. I don't know if it'll be taken the same way because I think... Yeah. We like see Ryan, we're like, ha, good one, Ryan, you know, yeah. and we all like kind of like him or Blake Lively and, you know, ha, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that's my boy. Look at him with his company doing funny things. But I don't know if it'd be taken the same way if just like a company just generally started doing it. Like I'm wondering mm-hmm. if the personality behind it matters oh. just as much as the actual content. A thousand percent is the personality. First of mm-hmm. all, if, if we should mention this initially, the, the agency is called Maximum Effort. And we all know yes. Ryan Reynolds to be to be like a jokey, teasy, you know, punny kind of guy. And like the, the it's called Maximum Effort. And you go to the website and it's very minimal in effort. Like mm-hmm. like literally it's just like scribbles <laughs> and, and, and not that much content. And, and also then the because about page. I was, the about I, I was, page was, is a boot. It's a boot because he's Canadian. It's a boot. And it's hilarious. It's hilarious. So so there's a little bit of that personality that that I think makes it a little more charming and a little more mm-hmm. um, makes me want to watch it more than other ads. So, okay. So here's my thing though. Okay. So <laughs> this is going to sound harsh, but it's Ryan Reynolds ad agency. Like he's doing it, but is it really or is it a bunch of people behind the scenes and then Ryan Reynolds, Ryan Reynolds owns it and pays for everything, but it's actually like a bunch of people, a whole entire team and Ryan Reynolds puts his face on it and is kind of like, that's where the money maker is, you know, like. Yeah, there there is a team. It's not just him by himself filming. Yeah. Things. There's definitely a team and like. I'm sure so, that understand the metrics of, of marketing of like the numbers yeah. of marketing a lot more than he would. Like he gets to put his name on it and be like this marketing genius. Oh, wow. Who would have thought that this super hot actor guy is also good at marketing. He's a genius. Amazing. Incredible. Like when, how much 
of it is he guiding and how much of it is actually guided by an entire team of professionals who are just as much, if not way better at marketing than he is, but it's all his, you know, like this is very harsh to say, Um, but like he's the owner um and like I think a lot of stuff is still inspired by him yeah like like he he definitely owns it and he's able to to fund it to an extent yeah um and there is a team that helps him actually execute it to a to a level that would make it successful yeah I think even like the match.com ad that's like Satan matching with 2020 yeah and you know like that is very it feels very kind of ryan and, and mm-hmm. inspired of like him kind of not giving a crap and just fair yeah because it, it's definitely a touchy it, you know not everybody would go for a storyline quite like that to to market a love app but he's like just trust me just trust me and i think it started with deadpool and how that was advertised yeah and how that was very much his baby as well mm-hmm. um True. i think there's a lot, a lot of stuff inspired by him and then he just has that team who again understands the nitty-gritty a little right. bit more um, i think yeah I, I think that's that's a very fair criticism janae like that that he's just 100%. kind of putting his face on it but you know a few things uh, I, he's not actively putting his face on it like he's not going around saying like oh this is the ryan reynolds agency i think it's, right. it's more so us and his fans who are like he's a genius <laughs> what he's doing. but like yeah. also in 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 the in the content itself you only see him i think in in two of the brands that he works on and i think both of them are just like legit his companies so it's almost a seeing like a ceo um in in uh in, in their own advertisements. It's funny because like you compare this to, I don't know if you guys have seen, I think it's Save on Foods, which is like a, just a, just a, he's <laughs> like this like old bald yeah. man. He's, like, he's, he's in all the ads. I'm like, mm, not the same. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, but also like he, he has, I'm sure some creative executive power when it comes mm-hmm. to this, but you know, we can also argue that like, Hey, the agency, although everyone else is doing most of the work, would would the agency itself be as successful if his name wasn't attached to it and would mm-hmm. all those people be doing the work that they'd be doing if his name wasn't attached to it so i get what you're saying that like I mean, it's not fair they're just putting his name on it but i think it's um somewhat of a symbiotic relationship between him and yeah it's definitely the actual agency. a touch and go yeah because like it's 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 an interesting relationship to look at between him and his company because it, all the ads aren't posted through the company uh, like through the individual companies who are being advertised, the ads aren't being posted through a maximum effort account. They're posted on the Ryan Reynolds YouTube account. Mm. And you wouldn't even know that he runs an ad agency. Like it's almost designed in a way to not make it seem like it's genuine advertising, like it, like it's coming from an ad agency. It, it's made yeah. to seem like it's coming from Ryan. It's kind of that whole social media thing where we like to see those personalities post things and like have fun. Like there was one with Hugh Jackman. It also helps that his best friend is Hugh Jackman where he's advertising these leather boots. And it's like, Hugh, like, we know he said the contract said that you can only wear these boots, but like you, you don't only have to wear boots. Like you can wear clothes too. And it's this whole thing of like every angle is just like perfect of him being like, no, I get it. You want me to wear the boots? I'll wear the boots. And he's like, butt naked. <laughs> and it's just like, again, it doesn't feel like an ad. It just feels like a, like a skit, like a YouTube video. Oh, mm-hmm. ab- absolutely. I'll, I'll read you the it entire, it seem, go for it. I'll, I'll read you the entire full about section of this, f- 
legitimate advertising agency, a company, an organization. This is the full about section, <laughs> or, or I should say the about section. It says, Maximum Effort makes movies, TV series, content, and cocktails for the personal amusement of Hollywood star Ryan Reynolds. We occasionally release them to the general public. That is all. Literally, that's it. That's all we know about this company. That's all they're sharing. So, like, it's not even they're trying to to find, I guess, and there's a level, obviously, you have to find some commercial success when creating content and investing money into everything. But, like, he's just, like, literally doing it for shits and giggles. And that's what makes it good. That's what makes it funny, you know? Yeah. There's, like, a weird element of not caring. But then definitely there's a team that's, like... But is it working though? There's a little, there's a little bit of caring somewhere. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of brands like that though that are like, we don't care. Yeah, mm. that's or like it, we're in the streets like you. We're not advertisers, you know, or we're yeah. not a big company. Like we're just shooting the shit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and like, that like, seems to be something that people really like recently. But you're you're right. It's, it's kind of funny because they're they're kind of doing it like there's definitely ads out there they're like and it's an advertisement let's 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 keep that in mind that we're watching an advertisement that's like aren't you sick of brands trying to sell you stuff i'm like wait what then what are you doing right now yeah (laughs) you know (laughs) so yeah there's the element of like yeah we don't care but everyone's kind of got to care to some extent Mm -hmm. yeah the only way to not care is to not advertise and brands have done that yeah brands some brands don't do advertisements um Lululemon being one of them, I think Patagonia being another one. And, and they're, they're, if you know this, their stories, because um, I've been listening to, to this, um, some of you probably might be listening to this podcast too. It's called How I Built This. It's just like the, they get this, the founders of all these brands and they just talk about how they oh, built cool. the brand. And the, the founders of Lulu and Patagonia didn't give a shit about, about anything and how traditionally this is supposed to go or, what people should do. So I think the only way to not care is to just not do it. So if you're doing it, you care a little bit. Are you talking, what kind of advertisement are you talking about though? Because Lululemon definitely advertises to me on Instagram. And Mm -hmm. I know that because they've been spamming me with this one sweater that I really want. And it's been sold out in my size (laughs) for weeks. And I keep getting the same ad and I keep clicking on it because I'm like, I Mm -hmm. want this sweater and they don't have my size. And it's another yeah. Buckle. <laughs> yeah. So, so <laughs> Janae, this is a sensitive topic right now, just shopping in general. Um, you're right. So, really looking for some new wardrobe options. Yeah. 100%. So, All coming so, back to the same. <laughs> you're, you're right. There's no brand today that was going to survive without doing some sort of targeted advertising on on social media. And I think mm-hmm. that's that's somewhat of, of a new form of advertising. I guess I'm also speaking traditionally, you know, one, you'll never see mass advertising by these brands. Yeah. Like, there's there's totally. never a commercial. There's there. You're not going to. Yeah, there might be a billboard here and there, but usually it's for a certain purpose, uh, whether it be like to attract people to the flagship store or whatever, but not in not in terms of like the brand, not promoting the brand because the brand kind of gets promoted organically through the community. Um, for the for those for those two brands they they're very community centered and people centered and, and and consumer focused yeah um but yeah the traditionally like before social media was a thing you just wouldn't see ads for these for these brands and and now you simply just have to do it to sell but it's not it's it, it doesn't kind of come with the same 
I guess that that taste that gets left in your mouth after seeing an ad, you don't really yeah. associate that with those brands. You'll never see a Super Bowl ad for any of these brands ever. It just it's True. not going to happen, right? So I think that's that's what makes them a little different. You know, the the Super Bowl ad thing reminded me because I think that was something I wanted to touch on with this discussion too. Of like Ryan Reynolds is just kind of making casual skits just for fun. It's a little more low key, um, and that seems to be working recently. Meanwhile, Super Bowl ads have not been my favorite recently. Mm-hmm. there's no there's no like meat to it you know it's when 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 ron in, in his inter, in his interview with with entrepreneur magazine said like the whole like storytelling versus spectacle i think this is where like especially the past couple of years i'm like super bowl commercials have been nothing but just like loud <laughs> celebrities yelling two to three word slogans that they're gonna hope stick mm. you know and maybe it's not the crowd to to do that kind of that kind of video but i'm just like that's an example of of something that like as a consumer i'm like this is just like it's trying too hard to advertise to me right now it's like yelling at me mm-hmm. and i just like it it hasn't been something that i've been really vibing with recently i don't I think don't you're alone you about super bowl i don't think you're alone this was the first year i've not i didn't watch the commercials i i couldn't tell you right now yeah. what i, I couldn't me tell neither. you which, i couldn't tell you which brands um were featured in the Super Bowl um, halftime ads. Yeah, and and also this is I, I just noticed this right now. Usually after the Super Bowl, you know, as people in marketing industry like are interested in marketing, you usually follow certain accounts on social media that review these types of things, or you see go to blogs that like break down you know the best and the worst, and or mm-hmm. YouTube videos that break down the best and the worst. I saw none of that. I didn't see anything that was even talking about the Super Bowl ads after the fact. So yeah. I, th- I think I think they're just, I don't know if it's COVID, I don't know what it is, but the, the what's the word I'm looking for? The appeal or the excitement around it, the Super, Bowl, the Super Bowl advertising, I think is either dying or changing. I don't think it's the same as it used to be. Yeah. It shows that, you know, that, that Kristen of, is Ryan Reynolds just sticking his face on it and it's working. <laughs> it shows that you can't just stick a, a celebrity's <laughs> face to it and it'll work true so there's uh-huh. it's definitely like a, a yeah. two-sided relationship there and, and something gels but i can't even name a celebrity like i think drake did a state farm one but other than that i couldn't tell you <laughs> anything mm-hmm. i just like couldn't you're right care yeah less. And, and you're right sticking your face on something doesn't cut it anymore you know um because like sticking you know celebrities sticking their face on certain ads was i guess a, the, a form of influencer marketing before influencer marketing became a thing on social media, right? But yeah. just a different type of influencer. They called them um, um, celebrity, whatever. I forget, celebrity, it's not celebrity appearance. It's not a sponsorship, but there's a word for when. Oh, endorsements. Endorsements. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. Um, oh, vocab, vocab <laughs> corner. So Ooh. yeah, so so yeah, there are endorsements. I guess their endorsements were influencer marketing before influencer marketing was influencer marketing. How many times can you say influencer marketing in one sentence? <laughs> um, but um, I guess my point is sticking your face to something was never enough, and that's I think why Ryan Reynolds is so successful is because he's sticking his face on it, but he's also involved in it. It's not just him mm-hmm. showing up to the day of the shoot and saying the lines and then that being his only attachment to the brand. Mm. So it's interesting that what he's doing, what Ryan Reynolds is doing in a sense is an endorsement and it's influencer marketing, but he's just so much more involved in it that makes people believe what he's saying more. It makes it feel like more real. 
Yeah, and it it attaches it attaches his brand to to the brands that he's promoting. So then, if you're a fan of his, there's not a lot of reasons for you not to go and try out those brands that he's promoting, or to go watch the new Deadpool movie, or to um, try his gin. Because if you like him and he's the one producing or involved in all the content, then I think you're just more receptive to it than people who just come yeah. stick their face on something and call it and cash the paycheck and that's it. Yeah. I think that's why it Especially works. Because because a lot of like that influencer marketing now comes straight from from the source, right? From the person. Mm-hmm. So when there is an influencer that's that's detached from their personal brand and is now mm-hmm. a part of that like bigger brand. Um but... it just like it feels a little bit inauthentic. Meanwhile, if yeah. they're doing it from their own personal brand, it feels like it's coming more from them. And I think like mm-hmm. that's maybe the change that has happened in endorsement and influencer marketing is like it has to come from that 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 person every person has their own platform now you know like michael jackson at the time did a pepsi commercial because that's how he would show that he like that pep that he endorses pepsi but if he was around now he wouldn't need to do a pepsi commercial he would just rock with pepsi like on his own instagram let's say you know yeah yeah so and there's there's no question there's no question of today's influencer marketing is authentic or not it's it's not it's we know i don't i don't 100% agree with that i think it depends on the influencer in the space that you're in because i'm definitely in like the the slow fashion like ethical like slow fashion area and like depending on the size of the influencer and depending on the actual person like there are absolutely influencers who don't really care but then there are absolutely influencers who do Mm -hmm. kind of like tailor the companies that they work with to their own personal ethics. So you're, you're right. You're right. That is uh, so, some of them are doing it more in line with their values than others. Yeah. But, it's but hard what, to tell is the thing. It's hard to tell, but, but my, my argument, my That's counter, my counterpoint to that is I think as a whole, all of them, there's a certain level of inauthenticity because one, we know they're getting paid to say these things and they wouldn't be saying them if they weren't getting paid for it. And two, we know that the brand and the marketing team is in, in communication with this influencer telling them, hey, these are the things we want you to say, avoid saying these specific things, yada, yada, yada. You know, maybe wear this or dress this type of way when you post the video. So even though, you know, you're right, some people, especially in the smaller industries like, like slow fashion or the ethical brands, there's a more of an, they, they try to find better fits and more authentic um, influencers to represent them. I think mm-hmm. underlying beneath all that is a certain level of, of a facade. And, and which for me, like, I don't really believe in influencer marketing as a consumer. Hmm. Yeah. As a, as a consumer and as a marketing student, Mo, what, what kind of marketing do you most trust in? You, you, we're gonna hate this, but it's it's word of mouth, you know. I hear I hear, I hear people that I know from 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 sources that I'm that's aware right. of. And, and but where do they the hear it, Mo? Where do they huh? hear it? Where do they um, hear it? No, but um, <laughs> I'm getting grilled right now. Uh, that's okay. I can it- I can handle I can handle the heat. So it's 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 not people. It's not people. It's Mo, not you people just got like, influenced by your friend. No, 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 no. I mean, I mean, I mean, it, it, that's what social relationships are. Um, but. <laughs> 
but it's, it's not people who are like, hey, I saw this ad. You should go try us. Um, I'm waiting for someone who's like, hey, I ate this. I went to this place. I bought from this place. And it was really, really dope. And you should try it so out. Where does it begin? Is there any form of, of advertisement or anything that, that you You're right, there isn't. In? Like any kind of paid form of it? Whether um, that, that, that I that you trust. Like a personality, a, a format, mm. a TV, radio. Honestly, a lot of the like times... Anything? A lot of times, if it's if it's just talk, then then no, it's for me like I I appreciate it the most when I see brands doing stuff, actually actively doing things. So I I don't I don't care about you know oh we try to do this or this is our goal or or this is what this product can do. I wanna I wanna just see the the brand actually actively um, either pushing for that change that they're so apparently like passionate about or make, make like if they, if you truly believe that your product can, can make the world a better place and make it more accessible. If you're not making it accessible and you tell me that it's, it's for a better place and then I don't believe it. It's, it's that, it's that kind of thing. I want to see it actually in action. I want to see it implemented organizationally. I don't want to, I don't, I don't care about just talk. Yeah. Some ads are cool and they create conversion and they, and and they spark some interest but for those ads i don't remember them i don't talk about them later they don't resonate resonate with me personally mm. so as a marketer or as a marketing mm-hmm. student that is looking to move into the marketing it's, space and this it's, very conflicting. Yeah. it's very what conflicting it's very like what are you, i guess the goals of it like if you don't believe in marketing mo you don't you don't believe in anything other than well, I, 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 I wouldn't say I don't believe in marketing um I, th- I think I just I don't believe in certain forms of advertising that's what I would say mm. so would would your goal be to work in in spaces that you feel are more authentic and in, in formats that you feel are more authentic or absolutely continue to work in some of those slightly inauthentic way, uh, ones and, and try to find ways to be more authentic well, that's, that's, that's my fear. Like I've, I've had, I've had experiences where I've, I've, I've done work that I was just completely um, not passionate about. And it's hard to, it's hard to do that. And it's hard to do the work and it's hard to be good at the work. Um, so absolutely. Um, that's my goal to, to either work in a space that as an industry, as a whole, I believe in and excites me. And I, I, I believe is, is, is doing good work or is necessary or or market potentially my own brand because you got to believe in your own brand like to me that's my goal whenever that ends up happening but like if i can market my own brand then then that's that's something i think i'll i'll prefer doing over just doing the traditional stuff and doing it for the sake of doing it so it's you're right it's conflicting and 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 it's confusing as as someone who's you know, just in the space, but also doesn't like a lot of the things that are happening in it. And it's scary because I'm like, where am I going to work? Am I going to hate it? Am I going to find work? Is even enough opportunities of this sort that are out there for me? I don't know. I don't know yet. But um, you're right. It's there's a certain level of cognitive dissonance that I think you need to just like survive, I guess, in the industry is maybe, Mm -hmm. I don't know. You're definitely not alone in those feelings though of just being like being in marketing and you know kind of considering your future and considering the fact that you might have to market something that you don't believe in personally um like I think that's a huge question for a lot of people so you're you're not alone in that 
Although I would say like counterpoint <laughs> and rewinding a little bit um, to uh, the kind of forms of advertising and marketing that you can believe in. Um, I honestly personally believe, and again, it really depends. And this is hugely credited to Marielle. Uh, I don't know how to say her last name, but I think it's like pronounced Terhart um, or Terhart. I'm not sure, uh, but she's a local influencer um, and kind of uh, she's like hugely committed to kind of showing the behind the scenes of what it is actually like to be an influencer. So she has like Patreon posts being like, what does gifted really mean in terms of like, when you're gifted a product, what does that actually mean? She like, will literally post like, at the end of the year, like all of the products she's received and all of the things that she's worked with and like how much she's been paid for each of them and things like that. Um, and I think that she's really started this conversation and this thought process for me being like, um, in most of the spaces that I exist in, we're constantly being advertised to. It doesn't matter where we are, TV, like social media, et cetera, et cetera. We have no control of what we're being exposed to, no control of who's kind of trying to pull the strings mentally to get us more interested in these products except we do have control over who we follow and who we, you know, who we trust and who we believe in. So if you are able to trust an influencer and trust a person who is actually doing all of the work for you in terms of, you know, vetting brands to make sure that they're ethical, like um, trying them, trying the products themselves, like all of these things, and then tailoring it to you personally, and you're able to opt out at any time, um, and you're able to decide whether or not to like bite, whether or not to purchase the item. Um, you can ask them questions. They're doing all of the work. And if they truly believe in it, it's almost like the most ethical form of marketing because you have the most control over it. Oh, absolutely. I don't know. It's, it's, I don't know. it's that kind of thing where if you spend the time to kind of build up that credibility of you're not just selling people things you're just yeah. like you're doing other things and and people can kind of start to follow you for that reason yeah in the limited times that you do decide to sell things that's when people will trust you but if you're just around to sell things yeah exactly it's hard to yeah. kind of build off of that yeah. so that's yeah. where that authenticity comes from is everything sure. in a way i guess is advertising as a as an influencer everything you do mm -hmm. but yeah no you're sometimes right sometimes it is yeah. And, and, and the, the way she does it is, is admirable. And, and I wish there was, there was, I think that is truly through and through. That's, I think that's an authentic way of doing it. And yeah, I, I, no surprise. She's obviously in the minority. There's not a lot of people doing it and mm -hmm. there might not ever be a lot of people doing it because there's a lot of brands who are turned off by that. We're like, we yeah. don't want her to share all this information. We don't want her to share how much we're paying her. We don't want her to share all this like background stuff. So and I guarantee she's missing out on a lot of money because of what she's doing. And yeah. that's why it's so admirable because we, we need more influencers like that to share like real opinions. But yeah, I think that you make a good point. That's, 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 that's kind of a, an exception to the way it's done right now. Yeah. Did you guys hear about the Burger King meltdown, debacle, disaster? 
um, failure. I don't know what, what no where, where it is, what but it is wasn't good. Okay, so as you might have known, um, International Women's Day has recently passed, and you know, there's all the brands hopping on the bandwagon. Yeah, this is highlighting the women that work for them. Yada yada yada. Uh, speak of inauthentic marketing, but whatever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, anyways, um, Burger King tweeted out on this day, and this is like the first tweet in a thread. And this was like a this is a camp like a little mini campaign they were doing it all through Twitter. And the initial tweet, which is usually gets the most engagement and attention and and views, um, said, "Women belong in the kitchen." That's, that's what they tweeted on International Women's Day. And then below, below they, and then in the thread, they went to explain, you know, the, the reasoning and everything. And they were like, you know, in the culinary food industry, um, it is a male dominated thing. And we want to see more women involved in the industry and, and part of the industry, which is, a, I could get with that message. You know, mm-hmm. it's not fair that 80% of, of cooks in the culinary industry are men. I think we'll be sure. Yeah. Get more women in there. Why not? But <laughs> like, like the way they decided to go about it was so stupid. It's so like, this is... obviously they're going for the shock factor. Obviously we get it. And 100%. brands do it all the time. You go for the shock factor sometimes. And sometimes <laughs> you don't. With no context, especially because most people will only see the first tweet. It's just mm-hmm. like, it's not good. Mm-hmm. It's not, but, but it's also that kind of like, maybe they got a little brave because fast food restaurants go crazy on social media recently. Like Absolutely. They're, and they're comedy accounts at this point. And they need to be because that's what's successful today. Yeah. That's not comedy. That's just not, it's not funny. It's true. And absolutely not. Yeah. Absolutely not. Janae, what do you think? Like, because obviously as a woman, there's, there's you, you receive that and you interpret it differently than I would see it. Like, I was like, Oh, that's kind of fucked up. But like, obviously, obviously <laughs> I, I know it, that entire story. I had no didn't. idea where it was going. <laughs> yeah. No, it just got worse and worse. It, it's, it gets, it gets, it's, it's bad. It's bad. And, and, and when, when it, there's, they posted another tweet, like apologizing, explaining, and like, it just further highlighted just the lack of common sense and the stupidity within whatever team that made that happen. But Janae, I want I want to I want to hear your thoughts. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't know if I'm just numb to it now. I'm like used to mm-hmm. misogyny. <laughs> it definitely nice. I wasn't surprised um, to kind of hear about it, and I also wasn't shocked. Like it didn't have the initial shock value to me either. Being like oh my god why would they do this it's so stupid like it's kind of like of course they did like um it's again I understand their intent and I totally agree with their mission but it's it's exactly that why why lead with something that's so harmful and so problematic and that has such an extreme reach and that's so deeply embedded and internalized in so many women's minds. And like, I don't think that that's something that a brand should use or try and profit on. Like, 
sometimes it's, feels like it comes it's from frustrating. a weird place. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm yeah. Not think, I'm not thinking Burger King and thinking culinary industry. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know? <laughs> like, like, like so. if you wanted to take a phrase like that, that is normal, like it's very kind of damaging and, as you said, far-reaching. Mm-hmm. But you paired it with like a, like even like a video of. And it's and it comes from like a culinary institute or something yeah. like that. And there's imagery mm-hmm. of of women like getting like in yeah. the culinary institute or in restaurants or something like that. And then you put it up as like like women belong in the kitchen or something like yeah. that. And like yeah. turn it around. Absolutely. Yeah, sure, but you don't you don't just drop it as a fast food restaurant. Yeah. Uh, and sounding and then so be like, no, no, we meant it in a annoying. we meant it in a good way. <laughs> like, well, it doesn't yeah. No offense, so, but you know, like yeah. you, you gotta if you're gonna do it, it mm-hmm. it needs to be done a certain way to like turn the words around and turn it into something positive. It's it's doable. Yeah. Um, but not with not oh, not with the tweet. The the idea behind it, I think, is a good idea. The mm-hmm. execution was could not have been worse. And it's <laughs> it's a it's a thread, it's a thread of three tweets, and I can read them out to you. I have in front of me here if you want. And a few things. Yeah, they could have flipped the order. Like, mm-hmm. this is what we're doing because we believe that women belong in the kitchen as well. Cool. Or another thing, and I, somebody made a really good point. The three tweets, they could have fit in one tweet. So mm-hmm. give someone the chance to read the context, right? But like they, they separated it. So the first tweet was like stood alone and we're like, what the hell are you talking about? And looking at the numbers, it got times, times five, times 20, the amount of engagement and retweets and likes on Twitter. Um, mm-hmm. the first one. So the first one reads women belong in the kitchen. That's it, period. It got, well, at the time of the screenshot, 274,000 retweets, 500,000 plus likes, which is mm-hmm. mega viral on Twitter. Yeah. Next tweet reads, if they want to, of course, which is put it before, but the second one reads, if they want to, of course, um, yet only 20% of chefs are women. We are on a mission to change the gender ratio in the restaurant industry by empowering female employees with the opportunity to pursue a culinary career, hashtag International Women's Day. Last tweet, we are proud to be launching a new scholarship program which will help female Burger King employees pause their cu- or pursue their culinary dreams. So if you like, if the fact that they're launching a scholarship shows that they care, it's not like they don't mm-hmm. care about women. Bur- Burger King doesn't hate women and they're not misogynist. But now people think that Burger King doesn't support women when you're actively <laughs> doing it so it's just Which is so also a little stupid extreme. like i wouldn't see that and think burger king's a crap company who doesn't care about women i wouldn't go as, as far as that but but you might but, but they lost customers but and people little, do now it's definitely people a little do. bit like dude come on yeah yeah absolutely you know it also just I makes don't need a burger king anyway so there's nothing <laughs> there's no business of mine to lose yeah so i guess i'm mm-hmm. not the person to 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 talk about yeah. how much it's affected me and it's affected my loyalty to the company but it's yeah. like how many gross high. dudes on twitter were like ha ha exactly. retweet exactly. like women exactly. belong it's just in the a kitchen. joke it's just so, a joke <laughs> so so we, we might not we might not think that they're a terrible company but we, it'd be hard to deny that they played a role in further promoting misogyny mm-hmm. on social media accidentally for sure it wasn't on purpose but all those guys retweeting liking like you're further enforcing that within them yeah and i probably should mention this to you but they did delete it and put out an apology tweet but they actually doubled down before they apologized which make the which made the apology a little insincere 
Mm-hmm. Um, and they did it by trying to explain it. But then again, maybe this wasn't the right tone. They tweeted, why would we delete a tweet that's drawing attention to a huge lack of female representation in our industry? We thought you'd be on board with this as well. Uh, we've launched a scholarship to help move more of our female employees the chance to pursue a culinary career. So they're almost like, why are you guys getting mad? Like we're doing the good thing. So it seems like they didn't understand why people were mad. Because mm-hmm. obviously we yeah. can read and we can see you doing a good thing. Um, so I think it's it's stupid to, to oh, they also placed a full page ad print in the New York Times of the yeah. same quote. Yeah. And obviously, in, yes. uh, <laughs> and, and obvi- obviously in big, bold, you know, title letters, one belong in the kitchen and under it, there's the body, regular font explaining. So like, guys, you have the money to do better than this. You, you can do better. Um, it's just, uh, I just, I, I can't wrap my head around it. That's, that's all. Yeah. Um, and, <laughs> and then yeah. they say, we hear you. Our initial tweet was wrong. We're sorry. Our aim was to draw attention, blah, 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 blah. We decided to delete the original tweet after our apology. It was brought to our attention that there were abusive comments in the thread. Duh. And, and we don't <laughs> want to leave that space. We don't, we don't want to leave that space open for that. That That's should have exactly been something it. you realized before that like what, you can't post something on social media without thinking what are people going to be talking about uh, under your post. And the fact that no one thought that, yeah. oh, people were going to be misogynistic and abusive and, and violent in, mm-hmm. in the actual posts is it's deflating. There is a time and a place for satire. Yes. Mm-hmm. You see certain... Mm-hmm ads or tv shows or movies that that are satire and do make fun of some of these you know some of these some of these issues some of these sayings whatever um the fact that it's it was a text campaign is like you you, everybody is going to read it with a different tone so you Mm -hmm. can't guarantee the reception so why why would you use this this format and this channel to to relay this message and this just makes like I I I already think that you know a lot of brands hop on like international events or national events like international whatever day you know and 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 create a themed campaign or add around it. Mm-hmm. Pick and choose wisely which which events you're gonna mm-hmm. you're gonna be using. I I I I don't think any. This is my personal opinion. A lot of people disagree with it. And I think people who disagree have a lot of good arguments. I don't think International Women's Day or days like this, or even like Black History Month, is is should be seen as an opportunity to advertise um, mm-hmm. for your brand. Um, coming out and saying in 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 support of International Women's Day, we have launched a scholarship to achieve this. Tweet that and go. We don't we don't need you to to promote how funny or how how exciting your brand is or or how much of a shock value your brand brings or how how mm. woke or how how modern your your brand is that's that's stupid i i don't think any brands should be using um international women's day to further promote themselves mm-hmm. if you're doing something to support them communicate that you're doing it and be on your way that's all we need from you really that's all mm-hmm. we need yeah, 100%. like do the things that we need you to do and stop trying to capitalize on social exactly. issues because exactly. people are dying. So um, what are you doing about it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and, and again, there is, there, is, there is power in reclaiming phrases and, and whatever and, and turning yes. them into something more positive. Definitely. But I think 
context there's a lot more imagery a lot more yeah. imagery that kind of establishes it right and that's the kind of thing about like if you're watching a satire film like there's imagery there's a tone that you can read if somebody is speaking there is a tone that you can read that offers a lot more context when it's just words you're letting people read it the way mm -hmm. that they want to read it mm -hmm. and exactly. chances are if it's a damaging phrase it's going to be read in a damaging way yeah. Yeah. yeah and there's a lot more imagery that that needs to be involved um and like even that full page ad like you probably could have done so much in terms of imagery or just like, donated the money yourself they paid more donated. than what their scholarship was worth to get the ad you know like just yeah. give them the money <laughs> just do it if if every if every brand that that launched the black lives matter we are support we support uh, black entrepreneurs we we support uh, you know underserved black communities if you just shut up and <laughs> didn't put out the didn't put out the ad took the money you wanted to 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 um took the money you took to produce and launch that campaign and just donated to grassroots organizations and offer profits you would have contributed and that would have done well for your brand because mm -hmm. your name would have been tied people to this would have movement. reported on it then yeah. we do word of mouth. Mo would have yeah. actually believed you, <laughs> and life yeah. would have been good. And all, all this goes back to what I was saying earlier about you know I don't want to hear you talk about. It. I want to see you do. It. I want to see it organizationally implemented. It's mm -hmm. the same thing. It's the same thing. This is exactly what I was talking about. And I hope this is a wake up call to a lot of brands to stop doing this shit. Because uh, personally, I'm I think it's stupid and I'm sick of it. It's a shame because it's super easy to just do it and celebrate it. Like do mm -hmm. the scholarship thing and mm -hmm. just celebrate it but then yeah like, what if we mm -hmm. do the scholarship thing and then get a little antsy <laughs> what? Literally we... the... so we're doing this clearly amazing thing now what if we risk it all by towing the line of what's, <laughs> like, what's yeah. what should be said and what shouldn't be said it's like or you could very easily say something perfectly fine and this is just an easy easy win for you mm -hmm. this is this is this is what the pitch this is how the pitch went in my head. This is how I imagine and envision the pitch. It's okay, guys. So we're doing we're doing this really cool campaign. Um, we're starting a scholarship. We're supporting women. We need more women to to work in this industry. I love it. Um, what if we just first make them think we hate women, and then and then we we throw us throw this in front of them. Like they're gonna be like, "What you baby think? Ha ha ha! Like there's no way that that's the pitch. That's what they thought." Yeah, and, and it's gonna work because people already think yeah. corporations are absolute garbage, so they're mm -hmm. gonna give us the benefit of the doubt on this one. And <laughs> people then, are like, "I'm I, sorry, you think they're gonna give you that?" No, no. Yeah, they will. And then after <laughs> af after we take them through this emotional roller coaster of Ooh, what do we really think about women, and they finally realize they're gonna be kind of tired, maybe a little hungry, and they're gonna go buy a burger from Burger King, and it's all gonna work out. It's gonna be perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Show me the flaws. Show me the flaws. <laughs> so to finish this off, I wanted to bring in a couple of different brands, a couple of different um, design choices that companies have made. 
And speaking of bringing in toxic things and trying to turn them into something much more wholesome, we're going to play a classic game of hot or not, except instead of judging people for things they can't control, we're going to judge companies for design choices they had full control over. Everyone's favorite game show. Um, The first one I'm going to start off with, I do have a slideshow prepared for YouTube, but the first one I don't have a photo of. Um, We're obviously students of the University of Alberta. So the first one I'm going to start with is the recent redesign of E-Class. Ooh. <laughs> are we... <laughs> are we... Are Dude. we team new E-Class? I did not... Team I, old I see that wait, wait, wait. Bear, bear Tracks. Coming. Oh, Bear Tracks. Sorry, not E-Class. Not E-Class. Yeah. Bear Tracks. <laughs> like our Dude, administrative... This yes. is very funny. I was expecting like big brands <laughs> got through bear tracks us. That's hilarious. Um, bear tracks. So obviously before it was a lot of like text lines and now it's just big squares everywhere. <laughs> a lot more pictures. How do you guys uh, feel about it? Yay or nay and why? Uh, it looks like it's from the 90s. It's <laughs> Okay. Yeah. But, uh, but it's it's more functional it's but it's look good. It's aesthetically <laughs> but it's more going to an admin website like it's a it's an administrative website when have you ever gone mm. to one and you're like yes nice mm. <laughs> you know like i'm just like i'm never expecting good things yeah overly pleasant things mm. uh, let me I'm i wasn't keen on it yeah me too <laughs> yeah, yeah. It it just, maybe, maybe i wasn't i was i guess yeah not keen on it like i get why they did it and i agree that it was time yeah and you know budget cuts they don't have this the, the money to like hire the the best agency to put together a website for them um or maybe this is done internally i guess i don't know that but i i think i th- i think overall i think it's an improvement i have to say i think i think it's it's a it's a bit funny to look at it sometimes um but i think overall it's very different it's very aesthetic different. aesthetically functionally it is an improvement um, however, I think there were some design choices that could have went another direction, potentially. But overall, I, 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 I'm gonna say I'm pro the rebrand for for Bear Tracks. Right on, Janae. What do y'all think? For me, like I want, I want to be able to check the page and know where my information is. Like for me, I'm like I don't know where things are anymore. And I also just want to be able to like take a quick glance at it and just have all the things I need right in front of me, which this does not have. Like there's no home page or no dashboard that says like, no. here's your schedule. Here's your tuition, like which the old one had, which was mm-hmm. nice. Um, and yeah, I mean, I agree. I think it was definitely needed, but my expectations were just higher. Like it could yeah. have had the exact same wireframe as the old one and just had updated graphics, but instead they changed it all, which I just don't think was necessary. You know, no. like just make the other one look like it's not from 1998 <laughs> and then, you know, we're good to go. <laughs> so yeah. it's a not for me. I I, yeah. I I I see where you're coming from. They made the front page the menu, which just make the menu the menu and the front yeah, page the front page. Exactly. And, and yeah, they shouldn't have changed like the the process and, and like the 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 click process from where you need to go to where you need to go. But yeah, yeah, I I, I see yeah, where you're coming I from. Mean, I definitely was somebody who opened it up because 
they had it like closed for four days, right? So I mm-hmm. by the fourth day, I completely forgot that it was closed because I only do check bear tracks like not ex- not extremely often, a couple times a year. Yeah. But I wanted to go back and check, and I was just shocked because I was not expecting it to be different at all. Yeah. Um, because I had forgot that they were reworking it, and then I was also like, "This is terrible. This is horrible." And then I took like 15 minutes to try to click through everything to be like, what, what are all these sections? <laughs> and I'm actually, I've ended up being quite content with it. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's a hot for me. Mm-hmm. Um, things are bigger. I, I found the menu on the side, very overwhelming with like everything that was there mm-hmm. and yet some things weren't. So I was like, what's going on? Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm content with kind of having categories at first and then finding things in, in smaller batches. Yeah. Um, and you know, I'm, am I blown away by the icons? No, but I don't know when I've seen an icon and I've been like blown away. So. <laughs> for me, <laughs> for me, you, for me, you it's make a, a valid point. You make a valid point. Um, for me, it's a hot. Yeah. So, um, verdict, hot ooh. two to one. Okay. So another yeah. relevant redesign for us as students is obviously the change of the Google logos. <laughs> uh, they went from G Suite to Google Workspace, which basically kept a, a lot of the things similar in terms of iconography, mm-hmm. but they decided to take the four colors, blue, red, yellow, and green, and just put them into all of them. How do you guys feel about this one? Now you go first. I got to think. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know if y'all are going to agree with me, but I kind of like them. Like once you get over the initial like muscle memory of like using the colors to like take you where you want to go, now you're using the shapes, which is like not that bad, you know, like it still has enough of an identifying kind of look that I I don't really get lost in, you know, in my selection process. Um, so I I think they're hot. I like the colors and I think it's cute. So that's me. <sighs> We have to choose either hot or not. We can't, right? It can't be a centrist. <laughs> no, okay. no, no. You can't be in this middle. Like, I think I've discovered that you're very indecisive this episode, and we're going to yeah. get over that right now. Okay. We're going <laughs> to sure, sure, start making sure. decisions. How about this? I still don't have a decision, but I'll, I'll go through my thinking process, and hopefully by the end, I'll, I'll come to a conclusion. I think the rebrand looks good. I understand why we get cohesive icons, we get branded icons. I understand. And there's still enough um, consistent elements with the old designs that make it, you know, easy to consume. You're like, yeah, I know that's for that. And that's for that. I don't think a rebrand was needed. I can understand with bear tracks, we needed to update things. I don't see why they updated the brand and or the logos. We knew each logo was tied to the Google brand. That was obvious and everyone was familiar with them. So I don't think it was required to do this whole thing, but I guess we're not judging the reason they did it. We're just judging the execution of it. So for just basing it on that hot. <laughs> right on. Yeah, I I would agree with a lot of it. I think the icons actually do look good. You know, there's definitely is, there's just a lot of logos now with like a white background and then blue, red, yellow, green. Like I think looking on my phone, it's every Google app that I have. It's Apple Photos app. It's like Slack if you have it. It's 
it's a lot of apps that kind of have it, but mm-hmm. it, it is kind of Google's thing since they started. So I guess uh, to be fair, yeah, I, I think it's good. I, I also agree that I wasn't really looking for a rebrand. I didn't feel like they were outdated or anything. No, I know. Like they, they're definitely, they definitely moved in a more simple direction. Right. And I think that's something that's a big trend right now is going yeah. into like the simplistic logos. And then mm-hmm. once we're maximum simplicity, we get excited by the more by the more like little details mm-hmm. so it kind of mm-hmm. like ebbs and flows i think my one concern is like with docs yeah like each document was a different like google docs was blue google sheets was green google slides was yellow mm-hmm. yeah but this one's all of them so i'm just like mm. mildly concerned with i don't know if they have reworked sheets or maybe I... they're not it's not it's individual i don't know what the situation no. is there but like for these five apps, it works. And then I'm like, it kind of gets sketchy when you off-road into some of their other apps. Well, but for it's this, weird. For all intensive purposes, this is, I think this is hot for me too. Like yeah. in my menu, like when I look at, you know, like, or like opening the apps on my computer, Docs is still mm-hmm. the old logo, mm-hmm. but and slightly also, updated. And also once you go into Drive, all the logos are still the same because they need to be differentiated, obviously. So yeah. I, 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 that's I, you're right. Sketchy with me for this because it's like, <laughs> the docs, well, you've the... rebranded, but if mm. you can't commit fully to implementing it because of mm-hmm. some issues, then I'm like, there's some sketchy mm. things there. Mm-hmm. You know? I agree. I think four out of five of these icons are good. I disagree with the docs. I think this one deserves a lukewarm and not a hot. I I, I will <laughs> go back. I'll go back. And you might think that's somewhat centrist, but. <laughs> You know what I mean? It's, like, it's yeah. hot, but they like there's one part of it I just don't like. Because even the Google Drive logo, like the the blue, green, and yellow, that's like Docs, Sheets, and PowerPoint, right? Like that's the idea. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then now it's Docs is also equally multicolored, so I yeah. think they lost a little bit there. Mm-hmm. But I think it's it's hot with a couple of conditions. <laughs> yeah, but moving Agreed. on. So speaking of things that didn't need to be rebranded. Yeah. Agreed. Um, I was so mad. Skip the dishes went from <laughs> these red letters to extremely similar orange letters that are perhaps slightly more bubbly, but not even. It's just the house that kind of looks a little more bubbly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why did they change the color? You don't change the color. I mean, I know why. The they did it to match like their their overall brand it's like a bigger european company and everything else was orange so they just made that match but i still don't like it i was not receptive to this change i was like keep it red i i like it red (laughs) i could give a hoot about this old (laughs) this other company nobody nobody who cares about skip the dishes or or uses the, the the service is concerned with the the mother company and 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 the branding that they have Skip the dishes was red. It was yeah. simple. It was good. It was perfect. There was no issues. You changed the color. Now the color on the app looks weird. You know, you know how I would find the skip the dishes app when I'm looking, I'm like scrolling through my phone. I look uh, for the, the color. Red. And oh. now I have a hard time finding the skip. I know where it is. <laughs> I have my folders. My shit's organized, but I still keep forgetting. And I forget it's that the skip hilarious. the dishes is orange. And it's not even a nice orange. It's like a weird retro orange and i'm not really feeling it and i don't like the the new icon and i just it's not 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 absolutely not no for those of you listening right now rewind 
three, four, five minutes to when both of these people were like, well, when you look beyond the color of the Google logos, it's actually really okay. Um, and now Mo is like, you know what I look for same. when I look for the skip the dishes logo? It's not the same. No, no. Um, if, if skip I the dishes has multiple, really... if, if they had multiple sub brands and then they made it all similar, yuck. But if you're one brand and it's like simple, if Google had only what was Google, then I, mm. I think, yeah, make it your colors. But if, to make all your icons the same colors, terrible. Just to clarify. Like Google yeah. had the foundation of all of those other colors. It wasn't like completely mm. out of the blue. This is out of the blue. It's like, this is out of the blue. What the fuck? Why is it orange? No one told me about okay, it. They just fair. said Shocking. we're orange now. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I personally don't mind the change. I, I don't really use the <laughs> dishes either. Uh-huh. Yeah. But I, I wanted to bring it on here because when I saw that it changed, I was like, this is easily yeah. the most useless and most expensive <laughs> rebrand for its purpose. No like, need. Why? No need. Why go through no all need. that? No need. So we're agreeing on not? So this, one's not. A, this one's a not. Yeah. Okay. Great. And the final one, this is one that I noticed. I was watching the Australian Open, right? The Tennis Grand Slam that just happened in, uh, in January, February. And I noticed this logo on the backboard. And it's the new Kia logo. I know months ago, Mo told me about the Nissan rebrand, which was very subtle, but also a little strange. Um, This one, I didn't even realize at first. Oh. What do you guys think about the new Kia logo? I like it. I think it's slick. And I feel like they have, you know, there's enough of like a basis of like their kind of original approach. You know, the A Uh doesn't have the bar. Um kind of that those similar um what would you call it flex at the top or mm-hmm. i guess they're not really there anymore um but i think when i consider this new logo on like the front of a car i think it would look cool and i also think that i would still recognize it as kia mm-hmm. so i think that it was a, a solid approach to modernizing you know their yeah. identity it, it, it does modernize it. Um, I, I think like obviously in the nineties, in the nineties and through the, the 2000s, a lot of brands were just like, our logo is just our name with a circle around it. Yeah. <laughs> like <an oval> around <laughs> it. And like, you can do better. Like uh, you can, you tend to blend into other logos once you start doing that. So I like that they took that away and just did a unique logo. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that they took, they went away from the red and went black. Um, yeah. It is more modern. And, you know, if this is what they're trying to do, when I see this new logo, I think of luxury. I, it looks more luxurious. It looks mm-hmm. like a higher end car. So if they're trying yeah. to to reposition the Kia brand as being a more luxury than, than, than you know, your 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 um, economic uh, economic brand, economic car, I think I think they're successful. And if that's what they're going for, this is this is a this is a hot for me. I like this. Yeah, I'm going to agree. Yeah, this is a, <laughs> this is a hot for me, too. Yeah, I, I agree with the with the whole oval thing. Um, yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of ovals, and I think this is this is almost more distinct than, like you would think that these the, the key layers would have to be even smaller on the front of a car because they have to fit the oval in, in the same amount of space as well. So, yeah. kind of not giving it those boundaries helps it helps it get a little bigger and, and helps it helps you see it a little bit better because yeah. at first you're a little bit like what I think once mm-hmm. you get used to it now that yeah. you've seen it next time you see it you'll definitely know what's up. Absolutely. And I think it, it makes think, it more. Per- I think it has to be paired with a new strategy because this is drastic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so. you're right. And also it makes it more versatile. Like there's when you have a circle around something, you can't really put it on all other shapes and colors and you can't really do mm-hmm. as much with it. Um, 
So I think you can you can put this logo on more other forms of of advertising or whatever you want to call it. And also it being black um, also means that you can you can put it on different colored backgrounds. You know, red can only go with so much, so many other other um, other colors. So I think yeah, it, this makes it much more versatile in terms of its shape and its color. So no, mm-hmm. this is this is this is a, a home run for me. This is this is a, a great great rebrand. Good job, Kia. If you're listening, good job, guys. You guys killed it. (laughs) This episode has been a home run for me. (laughs) Um, What a a way to transition uh, to the end of our episode. Thank you for listening to us. If you have listened this far, we went with a different pace, obviously, today. No guests, but we still hope that it was just as fun to listen to. You you, you let us know if, if, if you like it and and. If, if you if you if you think it's a good change of pace and maybe you want to see a mix of these with some guest appearances that that can be a possibility we we don't we don't do anything because we want to we we see what the listeners want to listen to and and we, <laughs> we do that, so. i don't know if that so. was well. the way to explain it we don't do anything here because we want to <laughs> let me let me let me let me let me let me rephrase that um Everything we do here is is we, we you know we always put the listeners first. So if you wanna if you wanna listen uh, to this more, then we'll we'll make more of it. If not, kindly let us know, and we'll <laughs> and we'll stop it. Um, but yeah, we we just want to try something new. So we hope you enjoyed it. And uh, bye bye Love you. Bye. Um, that's a wrap. I'll stop recording.